Hey everyone, welcome to the Market Moment. I'm Lee Mackey, sitting here today with John Markfeld and Eli Freeman. Mm-hmm. How are we doing, guys? I don't I don't know about you, but my house has already puked Christmas. Or <laughs> I don't know if you're post Thanksgiving or pre Thanksgiving. <clears throat> I'm I'm post Thanksgiving, but my house is not post Thanksgiving. It's it's full on Christmas in the window seals. Sil- s- seals. That's difficult to say. Is it seals or sills? <laughs> sills. Sills. Window seals. <coughs> yeah. Window yeah. Sills. That's, That's right. Part of the country you're from. Window your, seals. Your window seal needs to be sealed. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. We've got Christmas lights outside. Do you? I mean, it's everything. We put our Christmas decorations up on December 20th and take them down on December 26th. No, I'm kidding. We'll, oh, we'll have ours up in a week that, or so. You know, that back. doesn't surprise me, um, you being the pessimist. <laughs> exactly. I'm like. No Christmas spirit until we have you know, to. What are your, he, your, his his what nickname is Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Ebenezer. What do your clients think about us calling you the pessimist? Oh, they think it's funny. Because I'm, I'm for twenty plus years I've been the optimist. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not really a pessimist. I'm just the most pessimistic amongst us. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean you know you're a realist. I'm a realist. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, it's only real if it comes to pass. Yeah, true. That's true. But eventually it will come to pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I get to I get to be in the middle seat today. Normally that's uh-huh. handled by by Matt, but um, he's got a conflict this morning, so. I'm taking the middle seat. I get to have my head on a swivel looking at you guys. Yeah, there you go. You have a good weekend? Great weekend. Yeah. Beautiful weather? Mm-hmm. I guess for putting up Christmas lights? Yeah, put up Christmas lights. Wait, so what's your rule of thumb? When do y'all put them up? Uh, you know, we talk about it starting about now. But then, you know, you got to talk about it for about a week. <laughs> you got to go, then you got to go get it, dig everything out. It and, takes about a week. And then wait till it's freezing cold outside. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. We'll have you it can't up. do it. <laughs> we'll have it up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Ours is, um, <clears throat> if we're in town, you know, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. evening boxes come out and the day after Thanksgiving, yeah, it's, it's football and, and Christmas lights. Yep. And, I'll be yeah, on a movie that's kind of our yeah. deal too. So, uh, a lot in the news. Uh-huh. Um, let's see what, what happened this weekend. The Razorbacks um, lost in a squeaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a squeaker. Uh, we won't even so, we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> How oh, about I get seventy six million dollars. Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen several memes um, about you know what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fired <laughs> SEC coach. Man, Me too, no doubt. You know, I saw, um, and I don't know if this is over the last twenty years or something, but the Power Five coaches. The contracts that are being paid for coaches not to coach, $144 million, half of which is now God. with one person. Yeah, that's okay, crazy. So just to get this, to put this in perspective, he is being paid $76 million, And so the mm-hmm. details are coming out. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lump sum payment that will be paid from donors Right. Okay, from the from the A and M, the Aggie Foundation. You're right. kidding. And then the balance will be paid out over get this, increased revenue uh-huh. and other opportunities within the athletic department, meaning that ticket prices will go up. Um okay, but so to put this in perspective, I saw this last night. So they're paying Jimbo Fisher seventy six million yeah. not to coach. The athletic budget for Kansas State. Mm-hmm. In a year, is eighty three million. <laughs> right. So let that sink in. Um, 
and m fans are crazy, but they are also loyal, and there's a huge, huge backing of the AM program as the main students go there and so on. So I guess they can afford to do it. I, you, you know, it's hard all for they, me to all they have to All they have to do is raise students' tuition by 1000 each student, and yeah. then it's paid for. Yeah, you, know, no it's, <laughs> you know, you're beginning to see, you know, we've kind of known that it was crazy and out of hand. And, you know, actually, one, you know, Arkansas's paid several coaches over the past several years, yep. and one of their most recent coaches was on that list in the Chad last Morris. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, everybody <coughs> knew that it was out of control. But I think now it's really – sinking in of like, okay, we've got – and even the A&M athletic director said we cannot continue to do contracts yeah. this way. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not the school's fault, really. Um, you know, you got agents out there it's that have great gotten smart. that are sure. taking care of their, their coaches. And just, nobody thinks anything bad is going to happen when you hire a coach. But you have to win games in the SEC. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama fans get very upset at Nick Saban if he loses one game sure. every two years. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. go nuts over Nick Saban losing one game over two years. Just, I mean, it's just hard to it's, win games in the SEC. Period. It is. I it's, mean, it's, it's it's out of control. Just, we'll, yeah. we'll see if it um, if this kind of brings people back to to reality. But yeah. anyway, I just, I just hope that it truly is paid for out of the foundation and not from a rise in tuition. Yeah. It, College well, students' tuition is rising. At a, it's actually <coughs> college tuition is a no, totally different story, it's a but joke. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's anyway. Ridiculous. That was kind of our sports <clears throat> talk. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll shift gears from ESPN to student, CNBC to or, student debt. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of a mess. But glad you guys had a good weekend. It's good to be back. Um, you know, we are sprinting. I mean, towards Thanksgiving, and then we'll blink and we'll be in. December, getting ready for Christmas. When when in the stock market is it technically considered time for the Santa Claus rally? Oh, is that now. De- is that now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, you know, November, December. Explain yeah. that to somebody who doesn't yeah, you know. You know, and I don't know when it I don't know when it started. I mean, I've been in the business a long time, yeah. and as long as I can remember, I've heard that term. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't always happen, but you know, there's a lot of thought as to what that means. Uh, you know, oftentimes markets will rally into the end of the year for... Last year they crushed into they, the end of the year. Yes. Um, you know, and, but but it's no different than rallies into the end of the quarter oftentimes. You know, mutual well, fund, <clears throat> money managers do some window dressing. They do some buying to, to prop up what their portfolio holdings look like. But If you go back in time, <clears throat> mutual funds, which, which manage a huge percentage of, of all the assets... Mm-hmm. They kind of clean their books at the end of October. Mm-hmm. That's a cleaning book time frame for them. So and, there's and, a lot of and selling. And why would they do that? Oh, they're they're getting rid of bad. You know, they're they're making their tax lot adjustments, right? So if they've got some dogs in there. They're gonna they're gonna make that those moves. And a lot of times you'll see October as as a bad month, right? We've heard that forever. And you look back in history, and a lot of that has to do with a lot of selling going on towards the end of October. You get in November, December. It's like well, you got the sale, the Christmas sales, the spirit, the you know everybody's shopping, everybody's spending, and it just and then and then also you have that selling that went on in October, which creates bargains and opportunities, mm-hmm. and that kind of leads to the Santa Claus rally. Yeah. Before we go further, uh, I want to um, mention to our audience: um, if you are listening on a podcast, we'd like for you to go and like that, um, subscribe to it. If you are watching us on our YouTube channel, please like, um, do the thumbs up, I think is what it is. Um, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, 
but we like getting the word out. We're hearing more and more clients come in mm -hmm. telling us that they either listen to our podcast or they're, they're watching the YouTube videos mm -hmm. at home. So um, we would encourage all of you to do the same. But be sure and go out and, and give us a like or a subscribe. And hey, um, if you have a short attention span like I do, go watch our data brief. It's, yeah. it's one yeah. minute long. It's one minute. And hey. It's actually been, educational. It's good. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they've been very popular. Um, They're very good. Anyway, so this isn't on our script for today, but we've, we've talked about the Santa Claus rally. Good question, Eli. Mm -hmm. um, so the question that we're kind of getting, that we're hearing out there is, is the current rally, and we're about a week and a half, almost two weeks into a nice little rally yeah. um, from late October. Right. Is this a Santa Claus rally? Is it the start of something nice, or is it just a kind of a head fake? Your thoughts. Uh, um, I'll go first. Okay. Because I just started talking. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, we've got this. We're going to talk about some things here in a few minutes yeah. on our on our list here. But I think what you're going to see is companies are going to report nice third quarter information they beat the estimates they did whatever but then they're going to forecast scary <laughs> for future forecasts right and they are <clears throat> and they are and i think that you're going to see potentially a nice run between here and the end of the year uh, there are still bargains on the market and we, we know sure. that there's been one sector of the market that's kind of driven the market and everything else is kind of lagged behind so there are opportunities out there no doubt going into next year that could change, but into the end of the year, I think the rally could sustain, and I think it could be an actually good, decent end to the year. Yeah, um, I do look at those those forecasts, future forecasts, very very seriously, okay. and I think that next year, again, I'm the pessimistic side of me. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's we're gonna you know, we're gonna pay a price, but mm -hmm. for now, I think it could can sustain for a little while longer. What do you think? At some point, <clears throat> we're always gonna pay a price. There's always going to be a time that we pay a price to be invested in the market. You're sure. going to see drops. Sure. So on the end of your rally, just like almost every time that we talk about short term, I could care less mm -hmm. what, what goes on in the market. But this year has been, it's been a difficult time to say the market has rallied. I was looking at uh, small cap stocks. Small cap stocks yeah. this year are up like 1%. The Russell uh, 2000 year to date um, before what? At the start of the week, mm -hmm. um, down two, down two. So I think they're I think they're flat or up one yeah. percent at this point, which that that could just be due to interest rates. A lot of the S and P five hundred has locked in these low interest rate loans and they're able to tap on them, whereas these small cap stocks they're they're going to have to refinance or they're taking higher interest rate loans. And I think the market's kind of priced that in. But it's not an easy year to say hey everything's up. It's not a it's not. Right. Like what? It's not as cheery-eyed as the S and P five hundred is showing. Correct on the rest of the market. So there, ha yeah, I mean, there has been a big disconnect between mm -hmm. you know your your mega cap, and then even within the mega cap, you can identify five to ten stocks. Yeah, you start looking at value and va sure. values underperformed growth. It's it's not as it's not as cheery-eyed as I you would really think. Yeah, just looking at the S and P yeah. year to date returns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking to your pessimism, I saw something this morning. And I was actually trying to find out where y'all were talking. Um, UBS is forecasting next year. So the uh, almost eight rate high, uh, rate cuts. They're, they're, UBS is <laughs> forecasting ten year treasury. <laughs> well, they are forecasting that there will be a significant slowdown in the economy. Unemployment rate's going to go up. 
spending will go down. I mean, they're they're wow. I mean, they're not That's necessarily calling for a view. horrible recession, right? But right. they're saying that the Fed will cut rates. I want to say bring in the, I mean, two hundred and seventy-five basis points. I think is what I saw. They're forecasting wow. that in twenty-four, that there will be that many cuts. Um, That's I, overly pessimistic, but I do think there's all the things that they are worried about is out there. I mean, I, I don't think you can avoid some of the things that are out there. And I, I don't think the inflation story is over yet, which, which you know, we don't talk that much about. But food inflation uh, and gas has come down, which is great. Well, today, you know, the, what is sparking the market rally today, and we're filming this yeah. on Tuesday, yeah. um, November the 14th, is that the CPI number right. came out this morning mm-hmm. yeah. flat, mm-hmm. month over month. Good. Um, and they say that it's a great sign and all that stuff, right? They mm-hmm. were expecting, I think, 0.1 increase. It was flat. Yeah. And then the core, when you take into account, you know, those other couple things, I think they were expecting that to go up 0.3, and I think it went up 0.1. Right, right. Um, eight, so, eight cuts seem, seems – that's yeah. strong. Yeah. Because that would, that would take what? It down from five to two and a half or five y- to, yes. five to that's, three. Yes, that's, that's what it was. So That's what it was. Which I think that's probably more of an equilibrium. Like if if we can get to that over a period of time, I think yeah, that's great. But yeah, yeah. over just all of next year, that would be a. You well, know, the, the tincture ten- hasn't said that. No, <laughs> they haven't hinted no. at that. And they matter. Yeah, you know, they matter. <laughs> yeah, on that stuff. Yeah. Well, and the ten year today is in the four three. Yeah, ten years come down. Gosh. I mean, significantly. In what so three weeks? It's yeah. dropped. Yeah. And so over five if, if you want to look yes, for yeah. and if you want to look for a reason that the markets are rallying. Yeah. I mean, yes, earnings have been good and but it's and inflation has cooled. But I'm telling you, the 10 year yeah. dropping below mm-hmm. four or five is the primary reason, in my opinion, that the markets have rallied. I remember it was maybe the beginning of January or January 2022 or mid mid 2022. And I was listening to several podcasts that said if the 10-year treasury gets to 5%, the S&P 500 is going to crash because everyone's going to take their money out and go put it in 10 years and just be happy with it. And the 10-year reached 5%, what, three three weeks ago, mm-hmm. four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. S&P still up 17%. And now that 10-year is going down. And we're getting back to what could be a real if, – if the yield curve normalizes – so short term, and it's rates. getting close. It's getting close, and I, oh, I mean, I think we're the, fifty-five basis points away. Yeah, we're yeah. getting close. If the short term one to two year is at two and a half percent, and the ten years at four percent, great, we've reached an equilibrium, something that's more normal than five and a half percent on six months, yeah, and four point three on ten years. It's right. just, it can't sustain <clears throat> itself. Well, something else that happened this week, guys. Um, Moody's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the credit agencies, lowered its ratings outlook on the U.S. Mm-hmm. government um, from stable yep. to negative, citing high levels of government debt and ineffective policy. Agreed. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not, however, lower our rating from AAA to AA, mm-hmm. um, but it could happen in the future. Will, you know, it now, will, it will yeah. happen in the future. <clears throat> you think so? Oh, yeah. You know, this has happened. This is not the first time, nor will it be the last time. Rarely does it have any sort of impact on 
the markets. Well, most people understand that <clears throat> even if they lower our ratings, we're not going to default on our debt. Correct. You know, so that's Correct. if we default on our debt, that means we have been taken over by somebody else. You know, that's this does no make, longer a country if we default on our debt. It, it does US make our debt a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. It does. We have to pay more. Which that, is our, we're, we're doing that ourselves. <clears throat> Correct. Right. But it 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 does have <clears throat> very little impact now, on lowering the outlook of our government from stable to negative. I don't know why it took them so long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a joke, what's going on mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. right now. And the national debt, which we don't talk about on this show at all, mm-hmm. and it's become a non-topic. Nobody talks about it. Should we start having that that ticker running at the bottom yeah, of yeah. our, our podcast? No, so. but just think about how irresponsible we are in the United States. And, and now, this is a long-term type of scenario, but you have to fix that at mm-hmm. some point. You cannot continually run these numbers and Correct. this is the problem our our congress both sides <clears throat> both sides do not care anymore about being fiscal fiscally responsible mm-hmm. there is there's no nobody stands up for fiscal responsibility that's and I'm, I'm watching the republican for. um you know the debates mm-hmm. and they talk about it you know and our politicians are wonderful about talking about problems just never solving them well, because nobody disgusting. wants to be the bad guy no. that puts an end to spending. But, yeah, but it's easy, there's easy things. And I'm telling you, from a layman, normal person, you can cut departments in the Washington, D.C. that are no longer necessary. Sure. And there are many things you could do. You could, you could lower, instead of hiring IRS agents, you could make a flat tax and cut half the IRS agents. You could l- eliminate the Department of Education and let it leave it to the states. You could save so much money in that cesspool if you just went in there and did it and it would have nothing to affect on the american people and our social Mm -hmm. security benefits and all that stuff and that's what everybody goes to they say if you're going to get rid of the debt you gotta you gotta you know be mean to people Mm -hmm. raise taxes take away their social security benefits that is absolutely incorrect yeah i've said it before on this podcast my greatest concern long term for the u.s economy is our government debt and i was listening to a podcast this last week and it was they were interviewing the guy who found the inverted yield curve theory, talking about short-term being higher than long-term. And he said something that I held on to because I thought this is, this is what I needed to hear. Because the government debt, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, one, just the size of it, and two, how in the world would we ever even come back to pay it off? Yeah. Because it's just so huge. It really is. Mm-hmm. But relative to GDP, it's starting to get out of whack. It hasn't been out of whack for a long time. Right, but right. So that means GDP to government debt is the problem, not government debt. GDP to government yeah. debt is the problem. Yeah. And he said there's three ways that we can fix it. One, we print more cash. <laughs> that causes inflation. It's not a, good, not a good solution. Two, we raise taxes. Well, that stunts growth. The economy can't grow at a, at a rate, so then GDP doesn't continue to keep right. up with the debt. Exactly. And he said third, and this is the hopeful outlook, and this is what I'm, I'm grasping onto because we need hope, right, yeah. is – Third, our economy grows. Yeah. You know, we've all gone to a conference, we won't name the company, that discusses this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about the government debt growing bigger and bigger. They don't talk about it as being the problem, problem because of the growing economy. Yeah. You know, they talk about how, you know, if you have $1,000 of... Uh, this is a crazy example. If yeah. you have a thousand dollars of credit card debt, but you're unemployed, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But if you have 
$50,000 of credit card debt, but you make a million dollars a year, right, it's, right? You know, you can service it. Mm -hmm. You know, the point is, and so their their point is, if our economy continues to grow, <laughs> then it can continue to service it. I'm not saying I agree with no, that. For I'm 15 just, years, we've had zero percent interest rate. I, I'm telling you what, if if the interest rates maintain stay where they're at, mm -hmm. we're, and we do that for the next five years with our debt. Yeah. It's unsustainable. I agree that we can have earnings that our you know uh, economy could grow and and help Small us. Small businesses, but man, starting. You, you can't mess up in that in that cycle, yeah. right? You can't have a two year back backpedal no. because it'll it'll completely put us way out of whack. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense, so yeah. I am nervous. I mean, I do agree that we have been able to service the debt for two reasons: we've had low interest rates, mm -hmm. and we've had an economy. The United States is you know the best economy in the world. Um, and that's arguable, but I don't think that's arguable. So, you know, you, you have all these things that's helped us, uh, but go back to pre 9-11 and we were out of debt. That is not that long ago. I mean, it's 22 years ago. Yeah. We can get there, but it's going to take a government that we don't currently have in Washington, D.C., unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let, let, <clears throat> let me touch on a couple more things um, before we go today. Sure. Uh, John, you kind of mentioned it um, earlier um two companies um two big companies just uh, released released earnings tyson beat earnings expectations for this most recent quarter Good. but has forecast its revenue next year will be below market expectations beef sales were down nearly seven percent while prices were up ten percent due to decades low cattle inventories you know and i've heard that you know we've got friends that work in tyson and they they will tell you that you know and well caveat i don't even think of Tyson being in the beef industry, beef. you know, it's, but it's, yeah, it, I know you don't think it's huge, of it, but it's yeah. huge part of it. Um, yeah. But, but I've heard this from a lot of different people is that there is a shortage of cattle mm -hmm. in our country. Um, the second company, Home Depot, they topped earnings expectations, I believe this morning, um, but are still down 3% year over year. Company is forecasting a three to 4% sales drop next year. Um, you know, that kind of goes against something I, I think about when I think of Home Depot. Mm -hmm. You know, people are not buying new homes, mm -hmm. but they're fixing up their current ones. You know, you saw it during COVID. Everybody stayed home, home projects, decks, additions, right, and so forth. Right. <clears throat> but in, a, in an environment where people are not moving, I, I know in our neighborhood, you know, there's almost, there's very little homes, if any homes on the market yeah, right now. Yeah, because you got a 2% rate or 3% rate. That's correct. Nobody's moving. Rate. Yeah. Or, Don't but what, that up. but yeah. what I'm seeing is people are putting in pools. Mm -hmm. People are adding on yeah, but you, sun sunrooms. and Your neighborhood's not squeezed. No, but I'm just saying that rather than moving out, doing some, moving into a bigger home, they're remodeling. They're redoing the kitchen. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know, so, and, and to me... I think it makes sense. And it's different than what you what you think. I think it makes sense because, yes, your neighborhood or our our neighborhood may continue renovating because we have extra cash to renovate. But for the other fifty percent of the population, sixty seventy percent of the population that doesn't have extra money because of inflation, they're not going to renovate their homes. They're just going to sit. They're not going to sell because interest rates are low, but locked in low. Yes, and they don't have extra cash. I understand that, but. Because during COVID, they they renovated because they got a bunch of money flushed. To okay, them. but then I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with you a little bit, Eli. Okay. <laughs> is from the standpoint of 
they can't afford a new washing machine, so they're going to go buy the part to fix their current one. They can't afford, you know, a new whatever. <clears throat> so they're going to go out and do the do-it-yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to fix my own deck. I'm going to mm -hmm. replace my own door. So they're going to go to the Home Depots and the Lowe's of the world. But I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at things. But or I could just be not wrong. fix their deck. Or, so, not, or not fix it. True. Yeah. All the years I've done the market, and you know, I've been in the market, and I'm a stock picker. I love stocks. I love these kind of reports because it makes me laugh a little bit. And I'll tell you why. I think to Lee's point, regardless if, if either one of whichever one of you is, is correct yeah. on that, right? Yeah. By doing what Tyson and Home Depot have done, Tyson went down yesterday in price. Home Depot went down. They're down a little bit today in price. Okay. Actually, they're not. Oh, they're up. They're, they're up now. They're, they're up six percent. Okay, 6 right okay now. good. Anyway, so, keep going. But think about this from both those companies. By lowering expectations for the future, it is easier to hit the expectations in the future. And nobody sure. cares about what you said in December when it went or November when they do the report in March or February, right? <laughs> so that when they do the report in February and they said they beat expectations because the expectations were lower. So it, they win on that. So, so sometimes I think there's little games played and I agree. I mean, they're obviously, they're supposed to report truths, but the point is that by, by setting these things, they can, they can make themselves look better later, even though the stuff was lowered. Yeah. And, and that's happened out throughout forever. One thing I will go back to this though, and I, I'm going to, back piggyback off Eli the middle class and lower in this country is going to have a harder time coming up if if things go a little bit sideways if unemployment starts to tick up if we have inflation does not tick down I know CPI index today was great but ask somebody going out there and buying and we're going to talk about this next week about the average price for Thanksgiving dinner but from a year ago, Thanksgiving dinner is far more expensive. I don't care that CPI has gone down. That's great because we need it to go down, but it's still higher than it was a year sure. ago. Oh, and sure. It, and, and, and the point, people are going to have a harder time. Wages are not going up or didn't for a while as, as much as inflation. So that all those things could lead to a where nobody has money to go spend. Mm -hmm. and if you don't have spending money, then companies don't have sure. profits. Mm -hmm. But also on the on the flip side, if we can slide through it and everything's with unemployment numbers stay down and and things are you know we we get through this soft landing whatever you call it no landing whatever and, and we cruise on through, hey, great I'm I'm hopeful for that yeah but I do you know you yeah. know <clears throat> last comment before we wrap it up, we live in Walmart world, you know here in Northwest Arkansas, yep. have you seen Walmart stock price? It hit. It's right at 170 a share. I mean, yep, pretty amazing. Walmart is the quintessential defensive stock. Good for our car dealerships here. Yeah, exactly. Bonus time rolls around in <laughs> yeah. what March, June, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, um, good discussion today, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, any parting comments? <laughs> no. Um, we always like to end with a thought of the day. This is coming from Vern Law. Don't know who he is, but he's a former baseball player. But I like the thought. I like his quote. Experience is a hard teacher because she gives the test first and then the lesson afterwards. So that's very deep. Very deep. It is kind of deep. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave you with that. Guys, again, thank you so much for being with us on today's market moment. We will see you next week.
A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.